Hi, this is Pete. And this is Carl from Frequency Cast, the UK's TV and technology podcast. For our March 2012 show, we took a look at what the world of technology will look like in 15 years' time, including a rather interesting report from the Centre for Future Studies. The feature had to be edited to fit into our March show, but what we're about to play you now is the full-length version of our feature. So here we go with the full-length version of our focus from show 73. Okay, it's focus time and we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, tomorrow's world, aren't we, Pete? Yes, we are. What we're going to be doing is looking into the future. To be more precise, 15 years into the future. Uh, Carl, any thoughts on what you'll be doing 15 years from now? Well, my watch will be slimmer, but still as functional. Maybe have a few more extra functions. I'm thinking I'd like to be driving... One of those new cars, it's £80,000 with the solar-powered sunroof. It has an engine that charges the electric motor. Okay, what about your mobile phone? How do you see that looking in 15 years? Well, I feel it's going to be more iPhone looky-likey. Well, we've already got one of those. Try and think more creative. 15 years from now, could we have a surgically implanted phone or a slimline paper disposable phone, something like that? Well, we've already got those paper watches, haven't we? I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? Technology, and if you'd asked me about 20 years ago, what's the one piece of technology everyone's going to be walking around with? Telling me it's going to be a phone with a camera on it and video players and media and I don't know, I don't think I'd have believed you. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, well, what about uh, money? Will you be still carrying cash around in 15 years? No, they won't let me. Of course, we've actually got a step closer to the whole cashless society with the Barclays app that's just been released. That lets you send money to other people's bank accounts via a mobile phone. So I could send you some cash just by knowing your mobile phone number. And of course, these near-field devices where you just wave your phone in front of a little sensor like the Oyster card. So cash could be a thing of the past. I rather think that cash should never go. Well, you're still clinging on to checks, aren't you? Only the ones you write me. Okay, so what about the future of the internet 15 years from now? Well, it'll certainly be faster. I think the applications will be bigger, better, uh, slicker. I don't know. I kind of feel that we're going to be suspended in this, which we already are to a degree in this uh, internet sort of digital world, where we don't really actually have to interact in the real world. Okay, well, we're kind of guessing here. Let us talk to an expert on the future of the internet and see where we will be 15 years from now. Are you ready? Let's do it. Broadband provider Plusnet has recently published a report that looks at predictions for the home of 2027, and it makes pretty interesting reading. Now, we spoke to Nick Rawlins, who is Plusnet's commercial and marketing director, and we started out by asking Nick why this report's been put together. The report was commissioned by us to look 15 years hence at what the internet might offer to, to customers. The premise being that we as a company, Plusnet's 15 years old this month, and we're interested to speculate that in 15 years' time, what type of services might we be kind of offering to consumers or, or what might they be able to do with their internet connection. So we, we talked to some guys called the Centre for Future Studies, and in particular a professor called uh, Frank Shaw, who's quite a renowned thinker in terms of future technology. And, and we really asked him to consider based on what he saw being developed now, what the internet use of the future might hold in store. I can't help thinking of future predictions as the old tomorrow's world thing, where there's robots wandering around the house and, uh, you know, we'd all be working from home and eating little pills instead of food. Uh, were you surprised by what you found? It certainly is different, isn't it, from those two, because I'm old enough to remember tomorrow's world and I haven't had my robot yet. So um, that kind of vision of the future never fully came to fruition. I think the kind of interesting change in, in how this sort of vision of the future looks is that 
it's less about machines or big bits of equipment sort of driving the future. It's more about sort of the integration of the internet into literally the fabric of our homes and our lives. And it doesn't rely on sort of a robot going around your house doing the dusting. Although we do still have these robots that do the vacuuming, of course. They're always good fun. But there is a vacuuming robot, yes, I've, I have seen that one, actually. I can see how that could be quite popular, but broadband connectivity will be, I think, increasingly added to a number of household items and appliances. People will be in increasingly getting the opportunity to use the internet to operate and automate sort of areas of their life, which is sort of where the vision of the sort of PlusNet home of the future comes in. Now, there's a lovely picture that uh, you've sent through to me, which is the home of 2027. And if we can, we'll put up a picture of this up on our website. What I'd like to do, though, is take a little wander through the house with you, if I may. But it starts off at the front door, where uh, there's no doorbell, there's something else. What do we see at the front door of the future? The front door see a means by which you can get into your home not not using uh, a key it's kind of using recognition technology to identify you and therefore allow you access to your home but equally sort of show show visitors to your home in a, in a way that allows you to screen them before they enter now i saw a reference in the report to uh, the idea of it capturing somebody's face and doing a criminal records check or something similar to uh, <laughs> see if there's anyone bogus at the door if you think about things like airports today some facets of this technology is already in use so if you're savvy you, you can go and get your retina scanned can't you today and you can use that as a means to kind of jump queues at an airport and get a fast track kind of id through security if that's already in operation and works to a level which would allow our kind of border controls to let people in and out of the country is probably not a massive extension that it becomes reliable enough to let you in and out of your home. Okay, is there any chance we can get this programme so that the people knocking on the door from these energy companies trying to get us to switch can be screened out? I, I think there's got to be some interesting things we could do with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you, know, you know, just in a way that I suppose you can set different ringtones on your mobile phone for different types of callers. Maybe there's a way you could use this technology to give a different type of response to uh, different callers at your home, depending on how welcome they were. What a great idea. Okay, moving on through the house, any thoughts on how we can see our lounge changing? Well, uh, there's some quite radical ideas here, actually. The, um, th this is literally the fabric of your living room potentially changing to become an entertainment uh, source for you. So you, you kind of see in the picture how, and I don't know how much these houses will cost, but how potentially the, the, the walls of your living room could become themselves screens for projecting content of various sorts onto. And actually, the, the, your sort of TV experience becomes 360 degrees as you're actually surrounded by whatever entertainment media you're consuming. I think this is one of the ones where you have to believe that people will be prepared to pay more a premium for their house to have this kind of technology built into it. So probably in the context of, a, of, a, of an expensive London loft conversion, maybe probably a bit, a bit further off in your kind of standard kind of suburban terrace house. But I suppose it follows a, a trajectory of exponential growth in the way that people are consuming content and using the internet to do so. So at PlusNet, we see very significant growth in recent years and projected to future very significant growth in terms of video uh, and other stream content downloaded over the internet. And I guess maybe this is some sort of logical conclusion of that process where consumers will have a voracious appetite for content and therefore having having a massive screen which is a literally the walls of your living room to display it on is, is is the kind of the ultimate conclusion of that process <laughs> sounds a little bit to me like one of these um star trek holodeck things where you've got you know four dimensions and holograms and everything else but uh, i guess we shall see i saw something in this report as well about clothing monitoring your health this sounds uh, the more sort of 
practical and believable end of, of the kind of the way that technology might support you and my understanding is that this type of technology isn't actually far from coming to market i think the uh, the idea the concept that your your clothing can effectively act as a as a monitor on your kind of health and well-being it, it sounds far-fetched but probably the fact that you're kind of effectively surrounding your body in your clothes and therefore you can take things like temperature and heartbeat it's a fairly believable means by which connectivity can can give you access to data which otherwise you'd have to kind of go and see uh, a doctor or something to get the thing that scares me here though on this report is what happens in the loo <laughs> Uh, you felt a little bit uncomfortable about getting data back from your trips to the bathroom. Well, it seems to indicate here that uh, your doctors can access information on the waste products from your toilet to decide whether you have any unusual illnesses. That sounds a little bit too unpleasant for my liking. I mean, again, you can see how the technology could... It's not a big jump to see how that technically could be feasible. Health and well-being, I guess, is, is an interest to, to all people, and I think... Um, if if it offered the opportunity to be diagnosed for something which could be harmful to you. People, I think, would take a little time to get their head around it, but but maybe. I think, as you said earlier, though, uh, a lot of this is not necessarily for everyone. It is going to be a sort of a top-end thing that those with the money and the large premises could add to their home. I think we're a long way from your average person getting this kind of kit. What I did like was the idea of homeworking, and I guess this is something Plusnet would be interested in. It was a reference as well to um, 3D contact lenses linking into your office email or something weird, which does seem a little bit freaky. But what are your thoughts on uh, working from home in the future? Yeah, I, I think you're right to say that this is one of the areas where there's absolutely a clear need. People, employees are looking for more flexible models to manage their work-life balance. I think there has been a significant shift in the number of home workers in the UK. And I think from an employer point of view, that's clearly also attractive because there's less people to house in a big building, which takes lots of heat and lighting and all of that stuff. So so I think the need here is, is really clear, actually. And if technology can move beyond just supplying your kind of email and other office applications remotely to actually make you part of a virtual team literally in terms of as you say the the 3d conference call um kind of idea that i think would be a big step forward i mean i myself have experienced kind of a, a bit of time working at home and i think part of the challenge of it is that at times you can feel isolated from other members of your team and so if technology can help break down those barriers more to make it uh, possible to do things like have a an interactive meeting with people in multiple locations, then I think that's, that's a very powerful application of the internet and new technology. So looking forward to 2027, how do you think uh, the internet will be part of our lives more than it is today? It's certain that the internet will be ever more important and a more sort of ubiquitous uh, part of people's lives in 2027. And I guess one of the angles from, from sort of a plus net point of view that motivated us to to kind of commission this report and this view of the future is is our sort of view and concern about what we have today is something of a digital divide that the sort of the haves and have nots of people online and people who are not online so all of this is is only possible if you've got an internet connection just as today some of the benefits that people derive from the internet aren't easily available to other people to make savings on the shopping and uh, to access services more easily, information more easily, communicate more more rapidly. So extending that forward in some of this new technology, I think it's important that the internet is effectively available very cost effectively 
for people to to make their choices and make the use of it they, they, they wish they can because I think those people who are excluded from it will run the risk of being slightly marginalised in the society we build um, around this technology and there will be a series of haves and have-nots so I think the democratization of the internet and the availability at a cheap price of the internet is, is very close to our hearts at Plusnet as a philosophy. Absolutely, that makes sense. There's a, a quote here from uh, the report's author, Dr Shaw. The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot access the internet. And I think that is going to be a pretty big deal. What do you think people wouldn't be able to do without the internet going forward? It's clear that a lot of services and applications in our society are moving increasingly online and while at the moment there are offline ways of doing a lot of these things i think quite often that's at the expense of more time and, and sometimes more money on the, on the customer's part take for instance something I think we now would consider to be simple like online banking think of the kind of time and energy that saves you as a, as a consumer that you don't have to go to a branch to do all of those transactions and stand in a queue and sometimes pay the charges that are involved with, with having somebody, a person, transact that stuff for you. Taking, I don't know, the bridge of the future as an example, you can see that there's an extension of that idea that the internet is sort of saving you time and money. And I, I think that and the money that might mean you can save is kind of going to be a driving force for consumers to adopt this type of stuff. Now, you see, I, I was thinking of some of the things that I just take for granted that I do online. Things like paying the bills and electronic banking is, is fine. Even accessing things like government services, I can see us moving to uh, a lot more sort of voting online, that kind of thing. And general communications. I mean, we rely on email and, and video. Uh, the days of the landline phone are possibly numbered. And those without internet access are really going to struggle. This report has a fairly scary number of uh, how many people don't have access to the net at the moment. Do you happen to have that number to hand? Yeah, the, the study flags up that there's just over 8 million adults in the UK who don't have access to the internet. Now that's a heck of a lot, isn't it? Which is a significant number by anybody's imagination. And what is Plusnet doing to try and get these people connected? Part of our responsibility as an internet service provider is to offer low-cost packages to mean that certainly on the basis of money people aren't excluded from the ability to be online so as a service provider we, are, we offer some of the best value packages in the uk we've, we've got for example a our entry-level broadband package we offer three pounds 24 in, in urban areas a month for the first 12 months do you think though that people aren't getting connected for, for cost reasons or are there any sort of more social reasons that maybe people aren't getting connected we found we, we're working with an organization called get online sheffield we've been out to a lot of community centres, uh, libraries, public places where people are invited along to get a first sample and taster of the internet who've never used it before. And that was really interesting. What we found is that there's a nervousness that still resides amongst a minority of the population about technology, generally computers. There's a number of people out there who've never used a kind of a keyboard-based device. And actually, until you start breaking down some of those barriers, you're never going to persuade those people to get online, even if they have the money and the means to do so. One other final question for you. Um, linear TV and the idea of TV aerials and satellite dishes, do you think uh, that will be out the window by 2027? I think it's true to say that there's quite a long way to go there. I mean, I've, I've looked at some other research we've done. We've, we've looked at people's um, usage behaviour of, of TV and the, the kind of way that the customer consumption tends to go, in our view, is that people start with a linear TV if you sit down on a Friday night, you check what's on the broadcast channels. If that's not yielding anything you enjoy, then because quite a lot of people have got a 
personal video recorder, a PVR device in their in their home. They'll look at anything they've recorded, which they definitely wanted to watch. If that doesn't yield anything, then they might start looking at some of the catch-up and on-demand TV options. But I think for most consumers, people still start at the linear end of the spectrum and have a browse to see what's on the Beeb or what's on Channel 4 before they'll think about some of the non-linear options. You're absolutely right to say that that process will be much further advanced by 2027. And this is a strange thing to say because it sort of uh, flies in the face of, uh, of some of the sort of technology we've been espousing. But I think in the world of TV, there is probably always going to be a demand for, for this sort of linear experience because I think there are certain events that you want to see real time as a shared experience at a major sporting event or a royal wedding or whatever it is that aren't quite as good in catch-up. Yeah, that makes absolutely perfect sense to me. Yeah, interesting times ahead there. Something we've touched on when we've spoken to Plusnet in the past is the resilience of the net and whether the internet's going to be able to cope with all this extra demand. Do you foresee any major problems between now and 2027 about capacity or uh, are we sort of kind of growing exponentially with the new usage? I think the internet is broadly keeping up with the requirements of users. So we at Plusnet are adding in capacity to protect the experience of our customers as their usage grows as things like Netflix launch gives them a new reason to consume more stuff over their internet connection. And I think more broadly than just what we we alone are doing, I think the development of things like fibre, both in terms of the offering to the consumer and the overall backhaul network in the UK, that's clearly very important to as a sort of an underpinning to a lot of a lot of the consumer applications of the internet because if the overall infrastructure as you're alluding to doesn't offer the opportunity to deliver content at increasingly high speeds and increasingly large volumes then it won't keep up with customer demand and i think the the development of things like fiber is is really important in that respect nick if we may we're going to be giving you a call in 2027 just to find out how accurate you were i look forward to it you probably won't even have to dial anything you'll just be able to say my name and i will appear on on a wall in your home absolutely some hologrammatic i can have some warning so i can make sure i've had a shave Uh, that will be really good there you go so interesting stuff carl fascinating stuff frequency cast meets tomorrow's world i'm holding my breath (gasps) hello i'm john from channel 5's gadget show and you're listening to frequency cast For more information on this feature, a link to the full report and a copy of the picture of the home of the future that we were referring to, please go to www.frequencycast.co.uk forward slash 2027. Carl, you can stop holding your breath now. Thanks for listening to our feature. If you've not heard of Frequency Cast before, take a listen to the following short extract to find out what we do. What have you got there? This is the hottest bit of kit. Usually the station uh, ham radio is operated by those uh, astronauts who stay on station several months at a time. Have the top-up TV anytime box. We are absolutely disgusted with the service. We're measuring Carl's EEG. His retention level was in sort of the bottom third. I think he's a lost cause in all honesty. And in breaking news, it looks like a new Freeview HD channel will be with us soon. This year's European Podcast Award 2010. The winner for the non Profit is frequency cast. After 200 yards, turn right. We've just officially been given the world record for the lightest touchscreen mobile phone in the world. I can send a text to frequency cast for you. That's true, I can now control my TV from my iPhone. It's a darkened room you live in, isn't it, normally? Hi there, I'm Susie Perry from The Gadget Show, listening to Frequency Cast. 
Each show we cover the latest in TV and tech news, as well as looking at new products and services and answering listeners' emails. Our shows are free and you can get new shows automatically from iTunes or your favourite podcatcher. Keep your ears open for our next tantalising take on technology at www.frequencycast.co.uk Frequencycast. Special report. Shutdown complete.